So welcome to this month's podcast. It has actually been a really long time since we spoke about financial well-being on here. And I have to say, I really do feel like we're in the presence of financial well-being royalty. Um, we've got an actual representative from Nudge. For those of you that don't know, um, we've got uh, Gabrielle Spendlove, or Gabs as she likes to be called, from Nudge. Um, and Nudge are, you may well have seen them. Um, or ignored them if you're like me because they are they send some really insightful really useful um, prompts that might come up on your email inbox you may have seen them do events or speak speak at your business etc um, or you may not have heard of them at all which again is, is a great reason why you should be listening today so Gabs is here today and she's going to tell us more about nudge about financial well-being actually why we need to stop the, you know, kind of brushing our money worries under the carpet, um, take control, lay everything out. And and I think as a result, we will actually see our well-being improve. But but Gabrielle is the best person for that. So firstly, tell us a little bit more about yourself and about Nudge. Well, yeah, very good morning, Beth. So as you were saying, I'm Gabs from Nudge, my perfect opening line. Um, I'm part of their training and community engagement team, which sits underneath the client services and success umbrella. So a little bit about me. So my role within the business, I basically engage with our user communities, which is quite handy for me being a very much a people person, because I spend a big chunk of my time delivering the variety of our financial wellbeing masterclasses, where I sort of share all those top tips and tricks, which we pull directly from the platform. Um, hopefully after the sessions, people feel, you know, informed, empowered, inspired. I love that little saying um, and really want them to make long lasting positive changes to the way they structure, you know, the world's personal finance. I mean, I like to think after the sessions, people have got a little bit of financial sass after they've had an hour with me. But there we go. For anyone that doesn't know what Nudge is or, you know, as Beth said, you don't really know what we do, etc. So we are a uniquely powerful personal finance solution, very posh. Um, and we combine financial education with behavioural psychology and also the cutting edge technology of our wonderful platform. And all those things combined, hopefully put people back in the driving seat of their finances. So, yeah, a little bit about me and Nudge. Thank you. And like I say, I've seen before we have we have it at Unum um, and it's just one of those things probably because you do tend to bury your head in the sand or think oh you know I'll look at that another time but what caught my eye there was a, an email that came around recently and it was a topic that was really important and interesting to me and I was like excellent saved it and then obviously knowing that this was upcoming I've, my eyes have been open a little bit more um, and I just I know from you know what I do that we need to be talking about financial well-being. well-being. I'm sure that there are some statistics out there that I don't know. And I just really, you're the expert in this. Mm -hmm. You know, why do we need to be talking about financial well-being? What are the stats saying? You know, why do we need to be here today even? I think people need financial education. You know, now more than ever, it's super important. As you said, you know, people need to be thinking about the finances, learning about the finances. It's been a tough old year for everybody, you know, the impacts of COVID-19 that has made it more important than ever to just start having those conversations about money, you know, with friends, family, colleagues, etc. Um, nudged a piece of research recently called The Elephant in the Workplace. And within that research, we discovered that 42% of people said that their financial well-being has got worse over the last six months, which I don't think is a great surprise. It has been a bit of a rough year, hasn't it? 
But more shockingly, a further 52% of people said that they worry about money every single week. And a quarter of people who took part in the research, they said that worrying about money had actually negatively impacted on their mental health. So encouraging people, you know, to seek out financial education, talk to their peers, colleagues, etc. about it and take away those bits of sort of golden nuggets of information from a provider like Nudge is just really vital for improving, you know, our health, our wealth, our general well-being, our financial well-being. So, yeah, it's super important that we start talking about financial well-being. It's that it's that talking bit that I think is absolutely invaluable. I know that so many of the arguments that I've had with my husband have come from talking about finances. You know, we we very, very much live for the moment, very, very much fly by the seat of the pants, very much, oh dear me, we've got ourselves into a little bit of a pickle again. What are we gonna do? Never any savings, always borrowing money. Not that we haven't got it just that we will always live well out of our means my husband's in sales which means that everything's kind of really peak and trough all the time Um, and you kind of live within the next big sale that's happening and so sometimes you think oh that one's you know that one's going to come in we'll we'll uh, (laughs) we'll Mm -hmm. spend before we've got it there's that piece but also that kind of that responsibility element and you don't want to talk about it with anyone else but I mean I always talk about everything that's taboo with everybody and I you know when I'm at my hairdressers I'm saying how much do you save what do you do from a savings perspective I'm really interested because there's some people that I meet that are obsessed with saving like I've known people that were on maternity leave statutory maternity pay and still saved whereas I have never saved a penny in my life I have forced myself to do the work related things you know um like pointless now because they're worth nothing but like the share safe schemes and stuff like that because even if I don't make any money on the shares I'm getting that someone else is saving for me because I have absolutely no responsibility so it's like there's these extremes of people no one talks about it and because no one talks about it you can't get really useful hints and tips like I've always the more I've talked to people because of these sorts of web podcasts and things like that that I'm doing I've seen I've learned so much as well and and it's just it's it is isn't it it's it's that secret thing no one wants to have that conversation everyone wants to give the appearance of having cash Mm -hmm. looking well off and no one really ever wants to admit that they haven't got it which then almost I suppose pushes everyone else around them to have to do the same thing it's counterproductive isn't it 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 just fascinates me and I I mean it's great that initiatives like you guys exist because I think they're absolutely vital um and just being comfortable to say to someone I can't go out this weekend or I can't do that thing I haven't got the money for it Mm -hmm. um I did mentioned at the beginning that we'd we'd done a financial well-being podcast in the past it was such a long time ago now but at the time obviously it was it was quite interesting and useful um and it made me realize there are it is a lot about that external stuff I was just mentioning like other people not talking about it it's almost like everything around you is pushing into that overspending buying and, and actually remember the saying that the guy said he was like buying what you don't need with money you don't have Mm -hmm. that's the culture that we live in it's like we want the newest and next thing everyone needs the new iphone everyone needs to do this um so i i believe it is but do you as the expert think that that kind of cultural society all those external factors are actually a lot more impactful than, than people really acknowledge or give credit to 
Oh, 100%. So I am like a classic oversharer. Like if I've got a problem, you will know about it. I will be telling everyone about it. But what was strange was when I did have financial difficulties, that was the one thing I couldn't talk to anyone about, which is weird because I'm happy to tell everyone everything else. So I think, like you said, it is such a taboo. People do live in this world where as long as we can show everyone, it looks like on the outside we're doing really well. But on the inside, we're actually having an absolute nightmare when it comes to managing our finances. And I don't really know why we have sort of got into this loop of people doing that. But I definitely think that there is a change starting to happen. I think especially with things like Talk Money Week, Time to Talk, all that sorts of things. The mental health sort of campaigns have linked in quite nicely with the financial wellbeing campaigns because people are now like, you know what, debt doesn't have to be something you have to be ashamed of. And if you can't afford it, there's no shame in that. Like, just talk to people about it, you know, admit that. But on the flip side, you know, it's difficult to keep going up against that when we live in a world where contactless payments are king you know we're constantly encouraged to buy now pay later or do you know what I mean it's constantly well, that stuff every time you go online to buy every something time, it's like it's everywhere don't have to pay for it all in one go pay yeah. for it over time what hang on a minute now you're encouraging me to not have the cash in the yeah. first place it's quite irresponsible like yeah. even even sometimes my friends will like they not have money for basic things like food shopping, but they'll be going out on a weekend and they'll say, oh, well, I can just stick it on Klarna, like my dress or my shoes or before lockdown or something. And in my head, I'm just thinking, oh, my God, like, why are you doing this? If you can't afford to cover your basic bills, why use a facility that allows you to buy something when really you don't have the cash to cover that? Like, you're going to be in that position next month and the month after and yeah. the month after that. So, but, yeah, it is quite difficult. I think... I mean, a lot of people's financial problems in later life, I think they stem from that lack of understanding, which in turn is just completely produced by the absence of financial education from an early age. We aren't made aware of the challenges that these buy now, pay later credit cards, you know, produce later on in life. And I just think many people don't feel confident managing money. I definitely wasn't confident managing money before I started at Nudge. And that's not a plug for everyone to use Nudge. That's a personal thing for me. I just didn't have a clue. Like my mum and dad, not particularly great with money, didn't really teach us anything about money. Um, I think a lot of people as well, they don't have access to that knowledge base. If you haven't got a benefit like Nudge or you've not been taught it from a young age or got family, friends who are sort of financially savvy, you just sort of get led into making poor financial choices, which, you know, I did. And it massively, massively impacted my mental health and my financial well-being as well. But, yeah, it's a weird world we live in sometimes, isn't it? It's quite interesting what you said about your parents, because I had um, two, two extremes. My mum that never had any cash at all couldn't save a penny mm-hmm. um, and then my dad who would walk around with holes in his shoes until he'd saved up to buy the the pair that he needed to, to fix the hole um, and yet my um, my mum's never improved with finances she's always been like just you know get on with it and dad will bail, dad will bail you out and and I learned that I, I absolutely learned that but their their experience of life is so different they weren't in that kind of credit place they didn't do there wasn't masses of credit in those when they were younger I mean I'm giving away my age now I'm just a me you know in my 30s just um but that you know they're the kind of that, that 60 year old generation where it was all about saving you either didn't have it you had not got the money you didn't buy it yeah. Um, and so that is 
not what they could educate us in this age about now because now it isn't about that is it it's it's you can have it if you want yeah. it you're just gonna have to pay for it at a later date um and I think that's quite interesting you you've got what they've experienced is very different to what we're experiencing now you know in those days they didn't actually really have to have both of them working to have a mortgage it was that much cheaper way mm-hmm. of life whereas now you have to have two people really unless you're you know Richard Branson's <laughs> together so it's, it is it's just education learning um and again because you're not going to talk about it I don't think I ever knew the sorts of you know what cash my parents earn or didn't earn no no one has those conversations and so you never really knew they never taught me how to save or budget it was just here you go yeah yeah I got older I never knew anything about credit cards I went to university I had all the student loans and then one of my friends mentioned that she had a credit card and she also mentioned that as a student you get an interest-free overdraft which was the worst thing that anyone could ever have mentioned to me it's because like I'm music like, to your ears when you're 18 aren't you like oh here we go. <laughs> how exciting and and that was it that was my downfall you know if I couldn't go on that holiday I'd borrow the money if I couldn't do this I couldn't I'd borrow the money um and carried that all the way through my adult life really only until just recently and then um, like I say I'm nearly in my 40s so actually taking control I took a financial test through my e- employee assistance program EAP um, and it's get you know you take this test it tells you how appalling or on the contrary how good you are with money whatever way and then it, it made you suggested doing things so it's like physically writing down my outgoings like looking at my bank statements instead of making an assumption because it's all well and good isn't it going oh I spend about 40 quid here and 100 mm-hmm. pounds there writing everything down so each month of the regular outgoings the fixed outgoings um and then like oh actually Beth do you know what you've spent 300 pound this month on ASOS I mean that's quite an easy thing to do it's and it's that fast fashion you know that sort of stuff looking at my bank statements and then going right I've got to actually set a budget I've got to stick within this because I, I can't keep borrowing money from from these different places and then thinking about consolidating debt so we actually you know when the bank manager always rings you to have a little chat and you always go I don't want to talk to the bank manager I actually did I went in with my husband and we sat down with the bank manager and it was the best thing they're not there to get you they're there to help you really supported us really helped us work out what we needed to do and it was the emotionally for me and my husband the best place we've ever been as a couple because it was not keeping us up at night like worrying about stuff and we've not even got money worries if we just like poor a managing yeah Yeah, we had none we both got good jobs we just were really bad um and it had taken me my entire adult life to like face the facts not joking my dad has bailed me out more times it's embarrassing it's (laughs) embarrassing and I'm lucky really this isn't kind of going oh you know gloating I'm I'm poor at doing this and I'm really lucky that I did have that because so many people couldn't and wouldn't have that sort of support from from a parent um and I was actually able to use lockdown in a good way you know curb my spending a a lot of my colleagues have as well you know not gone out not bought as much and finally started saving every penny's gone now from the savings because we're getting an extension done but finally like got to put um you know positives in my bank account something from you know from your savings it does feel good I think a lot of people over lockdown have used it as an opportunity to think right we we actually can't spend there's no excuse for us spending now like I think what you said as well about, you know, it's not necessarily the extremes of like one side, absolute poverty, got no money. 
to the you know having loads of money it's the in-between it's the having money but just being really really bad at managing it and like you say overspending on stuff I say to people all the time in masterclasses the best place to start to rebalance your finances is create a budget you have to be honest with yourself like you said you have to write everything down you have to shock yourself because that is the only way to get true visibility and get a grip of all of your different areas of spending I mean before lockdown when I was going out and about to clients you know I was going on lots of trains etc spending most of my time in train stations buying coffee didn't particularly think I spent all that much money on you know coffee cake etc whatever all of a sudden at the end of the month I was like 200 quid down and I was like I have no idea where this money's going like I don't make any big purchases where's it going so I got my bank statements out and I was like oh my god where is my money going and it was coffee cake sandwiches and you can tap it on your phone. You're not even getting a card out. Yes. You, you know, you do it on your watch. You can do it on, you know, yeah. your phone. It's so easy to spend money. So, yeah, that was a bit of a shock, like, when it came to even the little purchases on, like, Amazon, Etsy, eBay, that are, like, what, two to five quid a time. If you were doing that sort of a couple of times a week over the course of the month, without even realising, you're just spending money, aren't you, mindlessly? So, yeah, definitely would say to people, just write everything down. Just you have to be honest with yourself. It's the best place to start to improve your financial well-being, having those honest conversations with yourself. It's not always easy, is it, admitting that you're right. not good at doing something or that you're I the think... cause of the <laughs> <laughs> It's the worst place to be. If you know your DPD or Hermes delivery person's name, then mm-hmm. you probably should also be thinking your situation. So how many of the problems like you see are actually related to exactly what I was saying, people putting their head in the sand and being unrealistic about their spending, not actually being able to to save. We've talked about, you know, the stigma around money. It is such a taboo subject. It's like someone's dirty little secret, isn't it, talking about money? So I think half of it comes from not feeling like you can talk about money. And then the other half of it just comes, I think, from just lack of education, you know, just not understanding. I don't think it's that people can't budget or they can't save. I just think they just don't know how and they don't know how important that is as well. So... I mean, we've mentioned this earlier, but, you know, we've never had a level of education. You know, our parents' generation didn't really talk about it. If we're not talking about it as a society, where do we get this information on how to do stuff? I don't think it's that we want to be in debt or we want to mindlessly overspend. We're just not really, you know, we're dangerously unaware of the consequences. So, like, a little bit personal story now. When I faced financial hardship a few years ago, you know, I didn't have that safety net. I didn't have, you know, any education. Before I'd even realised it, you know, like you said, you've got a credit card out, you've got a loan out, all of a sudden you've got Klarna, you've got a store card. And at the time, initially, they're not that bad, and then they keep mounting up, and the interest goes on, and then you're borrowing to pay stuff off, and all of a sudden things just spat, completely spiral. And because there is such a stigma around debt, spending, you know, you don't want to admit how deep in you are. So you mm. keep borrowing to sort of keep that facade up that everything is all right and all that sort of stuff. But the first step to turning stuff around was just speaking to someone and being like, you know what, all of this ridiculousness that I've been trying to keep up with has all been a bit of a lie. Actually, this is what's going on behind the scenes. And that was a massive sort of turning point to improve and release that financial burden that I just sort of had hanging around my neck and 
I think in turn, that's then why I'm quite passionate about financial well-being. It's why I found myself in a role at Nudge, because, you know, I'm not here to talk to people about financial well-being and go, oh, financial well-being is great. Everyone can save £10,000. I'm talking about, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> talking about, you know, when things aren't so good and making people think, right, do you know what? I'm going to go home tonight and be honest with my partner or myself or my family really look at our finances, get to grips with stuff and finally take control and take back control so we can get into that driving seat of our finances. But, you know, for millions of people, sadly, ignorance is not bliss, is it? You know, it's hassle, it's hardship, it's all those missed opportunities. But, you know, change is going to happen. I'm going to make sure change happens within the world of financial well-being. But yeah, it makes my life at Nudge easier when I can talk about personal experiences and share when things have been tough. But but yeah, they're my little sort of experiences in the world of financial well-being. <laughs> it's 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 that it, the spreadsheet we created, um, and we update it every now and then. You know, they get out of date. But even even just those little things like pet insurance, you forget mm-hmm. about that. How much you spend, um, having those averages, and then thinking how are we going to overcome it. So we've talked for a while now and it's been so interesting and so insightful. And I think the biggest thing I've got from you, Gabs, is the normalisation of like this isn't, it shouldn't and it isn't a secret or something we shouldn't talk about. We we are we all get cash. We have to have cash. Mm-hmm. We have to make cash. We have to live. And if we don't normalise the fact that there, there is a, 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 you know, a, a kind of a problem with a lot within a lot of people's lives, then we're all just going to carry on head in our sands, not admitting what's going on. So what are the things, your top tips as the expert that we can, you know, things that we can actually do? We know there's a correlation to our mood and our money. I mentioned it at the beginning, you know, the worst stressful conversations I've ever had with my husband have been about money. People have, you know, people have taken their own lives because of financial uh, stress and, and the, their burden of, of that. So money and mood that's the you know the the kind of theme of of this session what can we do how can we turn this around into one less thing to kind of stress about what are your top tips that we can can take away from today I think the main one would be how we take care of our sort of ordinary well-being so we'd go to the gym you know after lockdown is eased we would get his hair done whatever we'd look after ourselves People need to take that time as well in their personal lives to look after their financial well-being. So just take that bit of time on a regular basis, whether that's once a week, whether that's once once a month, just to take stock of what is going on in your world of financial well-being. So like you say, you can keep on top of stuff. Um, another one of my top tips would be get out of debt. Now, obviously, this is not me joining the podcast today and being like, right, everyone, you're going to wake up tomorrow after listening to this, be out of debt. I'm talking about here that you rarely be earning more on your savings than you are going to be paying out on high interest debts. So it makes sense. Clear those debts and then start putting into a savings fund because that will take a little bit of financial pressure off. Mm. Um, second top tip I've got for you today is just start that emergency fund. That is going to be your little safety net. If anything happens, if the kids break the school shoes and all of a sudden you've got 50 quid to find or the boiler goes on the blink or anything could happen, you know, the cat gets a scratch or whatever. That's going to be that safety net that releases some of that financial stress. It's given me a massive peace of mind when I've actually put the time and effort in to dedicate a portion of my salary into emergency fund. But um, something I actually do all the time, this has helped, again, helped me just get such clearer visibility of the way I'm spending, where I'm spending, is to split your salary into pots or jars. 
So say that could be, you know, physical containers if you want to go old school or you can use an online banking app, you know, you can split them up. So even if it is like right, 50 quid to get my hair done, 20 quid to go out for, you know, coffee and cake with my mum, every single area of spending needs to be allocated so you can see exactly where all the different bits are going. I think I've got about 20 pots on the go, but it helps me to see <laughs> Exactly. My mum did this. My mum, the only time she ever, the advice she's ever given me, apart from if you're getting to ask your dad, was she before she before she married him. She said she used to she used to get um a fight an actual pay money in an envelope. Yes. <laughs> old old school, and she physically had all the envelopes laid out, one for rent, one for bills, one, yeah. for, and she had everything, every envelope, and she said it was the only time that she was ever actually in control of what she had because she physically physically in those days you could put mm -hmm. them into envelopes and that's the only advice she's ever given me which um you know made sense but never <laughs> never applied it so I'm glad to, I should be pleased to know that she had one piece of useful yes. information <laughs> from what you Someone said classically bad with money if I can turn it around I think anyone can turn yeah. it around so yeah <laughs> definitely pots jars online sort of banking tools will massively help you stick to budget um Another one I've put in is just live off less than you earn. So, you know, we get to the end of the month. We've got three days before payday. We've got 50 quid left in our account. Oh, you're winning if you've got oh, 50 quid left. <laughs> How often, though, if we've got a couple of quid left over, do we go, oh, you know what, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to have a nice bottle of wine. I'm going to have a takeaway. Instead of doing that, sort of just think, hold on a minute, I could probably manage without these things for the next three days. I'm going to put that in a savings account. Even if it is a fiver, I think it's just getting into that little healthy money mindset, putting that little bit of money away, you know, keep doing that. And already you're in that mindset of, right, any extra cash, save it, save it, save it. I um, try and teach my little girl spend half, save half. She's only sort of nearly eight. Um, and every time she gets uh, a little gift from someone or pocket money or whatever, she's like, oh, can we go to the shops? I'm like, well, if you've got a fiver, how much can you actually spend at the shops? £2.50. Wait, is there any point going? No. And we, we split it and then she will take that half of the saving to the bank and she can see her savings going up um, because I don't want her to end up like me. And no. she has to contribute to buying stuff, you know, like kids go, I want this, I want that. Um, and my parents never let me have anything, but I, no, obviously they did. I've just explained <laughs> that. <laughs> gift wise, I mean, gift wise. And, and I kind of got into that habit of saying, oh, yeah, you can have whatever you want because I wanted yeah. to be the mum that gave everything. And now I know why they didn't. Um, and then she kind of lost that sense of what cash, you know, what mm. anything you can get, anything you want. So now, yeah, we say, well, it costs this much money. We're not spending that. You've got to take that out of your savings or out of the money that you've put aside. Do you really want it that much? And other times she's come up to her room and got the £2.50 out in order to contribute so that she's kind of, because I just, I really want to educate her to not be like me. And that bit, like you say, always trying to save something. It's just so essential, isn't it? Yeah. Really good skill to have. You get asked a lot, like, within maths classes how can I teach my kids about money what's the best sort of way you know the kids start understanding money from a really really young age so even if it is you know when they're when they're really little you give them 10p a week and you go right 2p is going in the savings account 2p is what you contribute towards paying rent because you have to pay rent or you have to pay electricity right, little things like that just put them in such good stead for when they're becoming adults etc it just helps them to get to grips with money you know maybe if a lot of us would have had that from an early age would we have turned out a little bit differently I don't know but I just think it's such a good habit to teach them 
just my last top tip is just to talk to people you know if you are struggling if things are a bit tough you know you don't have to even talk to anyone face to face help is always a call or click away it was the best thing i ever did was speaking to step change debt charity they were amazing they don't want to judge you they don't want to bite your heads off even your creditors they do want to help you believe it or not they're not there to be like right let's get them into trouble like they they do want to help and support you so yeah the best thing you can do to about you know solving any of your financial issues is just to speak to someone talk about it own it and don't be afraid when the bank manager does ring because generally no. again like you said they, they're, there, they're there to help that's what they do and and I always put them off and I've been I was so surprised and so it's not even the bank managers it's just like the account people mm-hmm. and they're so lovely and so helpful um so yeah just I, I really I've got so much out of, of today I mean I know that I've been I've been actively working on this for the good probably the past year and a half um and I, I have to say in like mood wise is it's made such a massive difference and it's made such a massive difference to our relationships. This isn't tosh, it's, it's genuinely, it really does make a big difference, which is probably why, Gabs, you're such an advocate because I have kind of been trying my hardest. I'm such a big advocate as well. Those top tips are great. Get out of debt, start an emergency fund, split your salary into your pots and jars, live off less than you earn and talk to someone if you are struggling. Don't be afraid. Go on your employee assistance programme. Um, what was the charity that you said? Uh, Step Change Debt Charity. They are amazing. Charity. And obviously, if you see Nudge coming up, if you see them, webinars or sessions or emails, do actually take the time to read them because, um, you know, they're full of, 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 of wealth of information. We look forward to you joining us for our next podcast. I just want to say thank you very much to you, Gabs, for joining us. You are very welcome. And if anybody does want to, you know, connect with us on LinkedIn, if you want to add me and ask me anything following up from this podcast on a personal note, honestly, feel free to do so. Let's start those conversations about money. Like, it's what I'm all about. But yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, Beth. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. <laughs>